Well, good morning again. So, so we're in week two of this series, I'll do it tomorrow. And, you know, last week we talked about change. And, you know, we all love change, right? Maybe if we get change for buying something, but when that change comes as something we got to do in our life, we'll generally fight against it. Or, or, you know, it's like, hey, if it's a good change and it's something that I want, we're like okay with it. But man, imagine that change that you don't want. And that change that is happening in your life, and you just go kicking and screaming and you're going to fight it no matter what. But understand, this Christian life is a life of change. Because none of us will probably sit here and say we're the same person today that we were the day we accepted Jesus. Because through time, we have changed. And, and we all know that some change needs to happen. Some old things need to go away and be gone. Uh, I think it's interesting, the Apostle Paul, when he, when he talks about this Christian life, he generally referred to it like running a race. You know, it was this, this running of this race to, to get the completion or get the victory out of it all. And, and it really got me thinking of that term, no pain, no gain. Y'all remember that if you've ever played a sport, that moment in time when you thought you were literally going to die, your coach yells out, no pain, no gain. And you literally like, all right, and you keep on going because you keep pushing yourself because you got that motivation and, and you just, I can't quit. Pain brings gain. Pain's going to be better for me. I'm going to be stronger in the end. You think about it, if you're an endurance runner, you run, you know, you run until you get tired, and that's how you build up your endurance. If you want to build muscle, you go to the gym and you work your muscles to failure to help them to grow. There's pain that comes with that gain. If you've ever been into an accident, you've got physical therapy. There is generally pain involved but the gain in the end is getting your mobility or your whatever it may be back. And I think it's interesting because I think our spiritual life and our growth as a Christian kind of runs the same thing. If there's no pain, there's no gain. Because each one of us will have pain once we accept Jesus and we're trying to move forward. We always have this pain of wanting to look back. We always, but you know, it was so easy. Living in sin is easy. Living for Jesus is not. And, and there's this pain that we get in order to gain to be more like Jesus in our life. And I think the one thing that we need to remember is, is we can't avoid it. We've got to go through it. You know, and unfortunately, you know, we only like pleasures in life. Think about it. If it tastes good, what are you going to do? You're going to eat it. If it looks good, you're going to buy it. And as we go through this life, if it feels good, you're going to do it. But what if it doesn't taste good or doesn't feel good? Then you avoid it like the plague, right? You push it off and you don't want anything to do it. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times we do that in our own life to make things worse, I think. When we do get serious about our growth, we try and do it ourselves. We try and do it through our own power instead of using 
the power of, of the Lord or using the power of the community of the Christian church. We try and be loners at it. And we need to understand that the Christian life is about changing to reflect to be more like Jesus through our sanctification. And the Christian life is about changing to reflect Jesus in our life. We've got to change. And a lot of times people say, well, what's that That's big word, that sanctification word? Well, basically that sanctification word is us becoming holy, becoming more like Jesus. And it's that big Christian word, but ultimately it's putting off the old and putting on the new and moving forward in what God has called us to do. And there's going to be some pain in order to get that gain. So today, that's exactly what we're going to be looking at. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and many other places in the Bible today. But if you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew, and as always, it will be up here on the screen. So Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, and, and Lord, as we look at change and we look at this whole, I'll do it tomorrow, Lord, may you open up our eyes to see what we need to do today. And Lord, that we don't put off till tomorrow what you want us to do now. And Lord, may you speak to us and through us and open our ears that we may hear your voice. And Lord, we make all this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. I love the words in here, in the view of the mercies of God. Think about that, in the view of the mercies of God. And when I think of the mercies of God, I go straight to Jesus. What better mercy of God do we have than him sending his own son to die on a cross for us? The mercy, the grace that we received through Jesus. And whenever I think of mercies of God, that's the first thing I think of. I think of what Jesus did for us, and, and there was a British miss, missionary, C.T. Studd, actually said this, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. Think of Isaac Watts' famous hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my heart, my life, my all. That's what we should do. If Jesus is willing to die on a cross for us and we see the mercies of God in that, shouldn't we do everything in our power to live for him? And to do that, there's going to get, to get that gain, there is going to be some pain. And if I am going to live for Jesus, if I am going to grow to be more like him, means I need to change. Because I can't be who I was. Neither one, any of us can be who we were before we met Jesus because, yes, life is sometimes easier living in sin, but do you really want to spend your eternity there? 
Is that where you want to spend your entire life? And, and a lot of times what happens is, you know, we live in this instant gratification world. So we accept Jesus and we want to, boom, okay, I'm sanctified, I'm ready. But there's a growth process. It takes time. You see, way too many people want to microwave faith. You know, I accepted Jesus, boom, 30 seconds later, I'm walking, I'm good, I've got no sin, I'm perfect in my life. But that's not how it works. It's kind of like the home cooking. Now think about it. The home cooking is better for you, but fast food's so easy, isn't it? Man, it's so easy to go through that drive-thru. And I would say Chick-fil-A, but you can't go there on Sundays. And, and they've got that drive-thru down pat. But what about that home cooking? That home cooking meal that generally tastes so much better and it's generally so much more healthy for you. But it takes time. It, it takes time to put it all together and to cook it and to savor it. And although it's going to be better for us, some of us would rather just go through a drive-thru because it's easy. There's nothing easy about being a Christian. And if someone ever told you that accepting Christ and living a Christian life was going to be easy, I'm here to tell you they lied. Because every one of us can sit here and say, man, my life ain't been easy. And it's not about rules. It's not about anything else. It's about trying to be like Jesus. Trying to live our life in a way that will glorify him in everything that we do. And every one of us fail at it each and every day. Every one of us have this thing that just happens to us. And unfortunately, we, we try and grow our faith with our own effort. Because we try and do it on our own. But understand, growth is, is not just a matter of this human effort. It requires God to do his part. We can't do what he wants us to do. We can't do the changes in our life that can only be done by him. It's up to him to move us forward. And, and understand, you can, you know, a lot of people think, well, I came to church. I went to a Bible study. I've read my devotions every morning. I spent time in his word. I was witnessing. I was tithing. I was serving. I did all of this stuff. And guess what? All that stuff is good. All of it is good, but none of it is actually going to help you continue to grow. It will help you, but it will not complete you. Because too many times we make it a checklist. I did my part. I followed the rules. I got to go to church so I can be considered a good Christian. I got to read my Bible so I can be considered a good Christian. But understand... It's all good and it may help us grow, but it's so much more than that. There's so much more than just coming and warming a, pre, a pew. Because we all make mistakes and we all think that we can do this growth on our own. Think of it like this. Doing all these things that you know Christians do. Hey, I went to church. I went to Bible study. I did this, so I must be growing and doing better. It's kind of like sitting in a garage watching someone work on their car and thinking you're a mechanic. 
Because while you're watching them, you're really not a mechanic, right? All you've done is watched. And a lot of times, that's what people do. They come to church or Bible study just to watch. Not to get engaged, not to learn, not to continue to grow. You're not going to learn how to fix a vehicle until you learn how to turn a wrench. And especially turn the wrench in the right direction. Because many people will get on there and be tightening when they should be loosening. And unfortunately, we, we, we start putting all these things that we want to do in our life and with these, all these good Christian things to do. You know, there's always things to do in church. And guess what? Everything to do in church is a good thing. But guess what? You can't do it all. I can't do it all. It takes everyone collectively to do it together because it's not a solo sport. Christianity is a team sport, and it requires more than just you or someone else to be able to do it. And then we'll get so caught up on, well, you know, I got to go to church. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And what's that sound like? Sorry, sound like these bunch of rules you got to, I got to keep these rules. I got these rules and regulations that I got to keep in order to be a Christian. And you start living your life by rules. Do rules really work? No. Why? Because we break rules, right? Give me a rule. I'm here to tell you I am going to break it. I will break a rule in a heartbeat. We all break the law, right? Is there anyone here that does not go faster than 65 miles an hour on 95? Is it, you can't, not during traffic, yeah. Not to and from work. Does everyone go 30 miles an hour through neighborhoods? Nope. You know, we, we break rules, we break laws. It, it's, it's ultimately what we do. And, and understand that rules are not going to produce growth. Rules will not help us to grow. They'll help us to grow on ways to beat the rules, but not actually grow in strength. And, and, and I like the way the Apostle Paul puts it, that we get growth and that we're strengthened through grace. And understand the grace that we get from God and, and all of this grace and the, everything he provides for us, requires us to be obedient. Now, it's not a rule. It's not you have to do this. But when you're receiving the love of Jesus and you know he went on a cross and died for you and you're trying to follow him, obedience is actually pretty easy. Because when you think of what he's done for you, it's easy to transform your life and change your life for him because you know the love and the grace that you got that was not deserved. And it was not deserved because all of us are sinners and all of us fall short of the glory of God, but God still gave it to us. You know, I think about so many times, you know, we want to control it all. It's kind of like, imagine being in a rowboat and being out in the middle of the Atlantic and you're just rowing your boat. You don't really know where you're going to go or where you're doing. You just... I got my own power. I'm going to row till I get someplace. And this cruise ship pulls up on you. And the cruise ship is called God's grace. And it pulls you up out of the ocean. And it takes you exactly where God wants you to go. 
and it's wonderful, and you're seeing everyone's just working together. Everything is working out so great, and then you, man, I miss my rowboat. I miss being in control. I, I, I missed when I was just out here doing it alone, and I was rowing. And you start searching through the cruise ship of God's grace to find your little rowboat. And it's sitting on the deck, and so you get on the deck, and you're in the, and you're rowing away. And of course, you're not doing anything. But how come we try and do that in our Christian life? We're on the ship, we're on the cruise ship of God's grace and love, but we're trying to help God out with our own works, with our own trying to. Well, I'll help row and steer God the way I want to go, instead of where He's taking me. Because remember, there's no gain with no pain. And, and, and when we try and keep all these rules, it's, you know, that, that nasty word called religion. You know, in our last series, you know, Rethink Religion, we really looked at that. We had to look at what our religion is. And too many people have religions that are based on rules. Our religion is based on a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And because of his love and his grace, we will be obedient to what he calls us to do. We're not following rules. We're being obedient to him because he was obedient to the Father and gave his life for us so that we could have eternal life and spend eternity in heaven with him. Have you ever noticed people who are trying to grow closer to God sometimes are always sad? I know you all know some of them people. Oh, woe's me. Well, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a sinner and God's never going to love me. And, and the worse I feel, the closer I am to God, so I must be growing. And they're always sad all the time and, and they're putting all this. You know, it, I, I don't understand how people can do that. And the sadder they are, the closer they think they are to Jesus. And meanwhile, you're looking at them going, what are you doing? And I really don't understand it because if you're a follower of Jesus and you're grown in Jesus, you're going to have joy, not sadness. And I think these people seem to forget that God's not the one making them guilty, feel guilty. They're doing it to themselves. Well, if I feel guilty for my sinful nature, I'll be closer to God. Oh. Y'all know someone like that? I, know, I see some people smirking. I know some people like that. And I do the same thing. Yo, you're making yourself feel guilty. It ain't God. God ain't going to make you feel guilty like that. Yes, you will feel guilty if you do something wrong and the Holy Spirit convicts you of it. You will feel guilty. But in God's word, it says, if you confess, he forgives. If you confess, he forgives. So if I do something wrong and the Holy Spirit convicts me of it, I'm not going to walk around woes me. I'm going to give it back to God. I'm going to ask for that forgiveness because I know he's true to his word. I know I'm going to get that forgiveness and I'm going to continue to move on. And guess what? I'm going to grow closer to him because the Holy Spirit is now convicting me and guiding me. And I know that, hey, this is a sin. 
This is where I fall short of the glory of God, and I'm going to do everything in my power to grow to get away from it instead of continuing to grow into it and playing woes me. We need to be open and honest with what he's trying to do in our life. And as I've sat here and looked at this, and I really thought about how many times we try and do stuff in our own way, but we need to really sit back and do it in God's way. Do it God's way, the way he calls us to do it. And, and I looked at this and I said, well, I got a question. What is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God? What, what is it that I need to do? And then I looked a little, you know, as I looked at it, it said, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I says, well, you know, last week we talked about renewing of the mind, but then I got to thinking, Ephesians 4, verses 22 and 24 really touch on this, and it says this. It says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created out of after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So put off the old, put on the new. That sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? I just got to put off the old me and put on the new me. Bingo, we can do this. So put off the old, what, what, what does it mean? And I think it's that old person that we're used to, that sinful self, that lustful self, that person that desired certain things or lived a certain lifestyle. But like I said at the beginning, we all know that person, right? And life was kind of easy. Life was easy when I didn't have to be obedient to Jesus. Man, I could just go in the bar every night, swear I wasn't going to do it again, be hung over. I ain't doing it again, get off work at 4 o'clock and be back in the bar. Because that's what you did in a military town. There was nothing else to do. You got paid, you went to the bar. You ran out of money, you called mom and she transferred you more money that you were sending home, and you went to the bar. And every single night you swore you're never going to do it again because you get home at 4, lights would come on at 5, and you'd have to go run 3 to 5 miles, put a 60-pound pack on your back, be out there running, you'd be dying. I ain't doing it again. 4 o'clock, let's go. Life was easy. That was an easy life. And then you accept Jesus in your life, and you're like, man, I can't do that. I've got to put off this old person. I can't do this stuff I used to do. And it's difficult to do. And I think it's difficult because, you know what, each one of us has Stockholm Syndrome with our old self. The thing about Stockholm Syndrome, it's that people being held captive, and they end up agreeing with their captors. And it came out, there was a Stockholm Syndrome, if you don't know about it, it actually started out and the name came from an actual bank robbery in Stockholm. And they went in, the bank robbery was botched, they were going to get caught, and there were people in there held captive for a while. And after talking with the bank robbers and spending time with them while they were waiting for the police to figure out, by the time the police actually came in, the people who were in there who were held hostage actually stood up for the bank robbers. 
Try, oh, no, no, it, it, you know, they, they tried to hide the fact. But we do that with ourselves. Why? Because we're familiar with our old self. And, and we want to protect our old self. I, I know that old person. He was a good guy. Kind of weird, but he was a good guy. And, and we all know that old self. And, and so when it's kind of like, well, put that old self away and put on your new self, we, we get Stockholm Syndrome. Think of it from a, a spiritual perspective. There are some things that are holding our, back your spiritual growth hostage because you're still friends and familiar with your old self. You're still friends and familiar with your old self, so it's stopping you from actually growing spiritually now because you're stuck on the past. You know, and it's, it, it makes taking off the old difficult because I think all of us like ourselves. And I think all of us at one point liked our old self. Now, we may not now after, you know, years of following Jesus because we've worked our way away from that person. But man, when we first accepted Jesus, we really liked our old self, didn't we? Well, can't I be a Christ follower and still do all of this other stuff? I know it don't work that way, but isn't it kind of easy? Well, what if I just do some of this stuff and I change part of it, you know? Okay, God, I'll give you this, but I'm holding on to this. Y'all know that one thing you want to hold on to, right? But God, I really like this. It's, it's, it's really mean. I'll give you everything else. Just don't take this. We got to put off the old and we got to put on the new. And, and that's where that pain comes in. There's pain that gets caught in it. And think about it. Where do you see your life getting caught up in the old self? Is there still part of your old self that you're still holding on to? And most of us who would call ourselves seasoned Christians would go, oh, there's none of the old self. Mm-hmm, exactly. Denial. Because that old self, I'm here, I'll tell you straight out, there's still part of my old self I hold on to. You generally don't see it, but there's still part of that old self that we try and hold on to. And, and, and instead of feeling guilty about it or caught up on it, we need to continue to move forward. Continue to move forward and know that through our growth process, as we continue to go, grow closer and closer to Christ, we'll end up giving up that old nature. We'll give up that thing that we used to hold on to. He then goes on and says, put on a new self. So you think about, okay, if I take off the old, I got this void in my life. I got this void. I'm missing something in my life. So I've got to put on the new. We deserve to be that new person. We deserve to be more like Jesus. And, and, and as you think about this and as we look at it, you think about that void that could happen or that vacuum and, and say you're into gossip. I know no one in this church gossips. But say you're into gossip and, and you say, okay, well, I've got to take off the old. I got to take off this gossip and I got to put on the new because if you take off that gossip and you're a talker, are you really going to walk around and not talk? No. So what are you going to do? 
you're going to get right back into gossiping, right? So you got to take off that old, remove the gossip, and maybe put on words of affirmation. So instead of gossiping about someone, build them up through words of affirmation. Well, what about if you're lying, you go around, you're lying. So, okay, I'm going to stop lying. Well, that was a lie. You know, I'm going to stop lying. So you got to replace that lie with something, right? So if you're going to replace the lie, then say, instead of lying, I'm going to speak truth in kindness. Let me add that in kindness. Because some of the times we may speak in truth, it may not be pretty. And some people don't like to hear the truth. Some people really don't want to hear the truth. But whatever it is to avoid that vacuum effect that's going to suck you back in, Use God's grace to allow you to change. Whether it's gossip, whether it's lying, whether it's cheating, stealing, if it's sexual immorality, you know, hey, I, I need to stop looking at these websites. I need to stop doing this. And you say, well, I'm going to get rid of it. You better fill that time with something or you're going to go back to it. And if it's sexual immorality, then replace it with some type of purity. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have pure thoughts. I'm and make that change. That is putting off the old and putting on the new. But don't allow the vacuum to get there, because if that vacuum gets there and you try and replace it with nothing, you're going to fall backwards. You're going to get sucked right back into the old you so quick, and then you're going to wonder, why ain't I growing? I'm trying to do it on my own. Make sure you replace your old with the new. Don't just leave it sitting there by itself. Couple tips as we're doing this. To put off the old, put on the new. It, it, it's going to feel unfamiliar when you first begin to take off the old and put on the new. And it's not only going to be unfamiliar to you, it's going to be unfamiliar to those who are around you. Because they're going to look at you and be like, huh? Who are you? You know, like I tell people, when you accept Jesus Christ, the only difference is you change, not the people around you. And they're going to look at you kind of crazy. So, so you're going to come in, you're going to accept Jesus, and you're going to say, hey, I'm going to be this new person, and I'm putting on this new me. And all of your old me friends are going to be right there where you go. Think about this. The Apostle Paul was persecuting Christians. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He accepted Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. Did the Christians accept him right away? Dude, it's a dude who's been persecuting us. It was a process that went with it. There's this process of this new you. So understand it's going to be unfamiliar for you, but it's also going to be unfamiliar for your friends and family. Give them that same grace that you've received as you continue to move forward. And understand the closer we get to Christ, the closer we get to that new life. We become this new person. We become this new creation that is now becoming more and more Christ-like each and every day. And then it tells us we need to renew our minds. 
Now, we talked a lot about renewing our minds last week, but, you know, renewing our minds is that metamorphosis of, of changing who we were and who we're becoming. You know, it's kind of like a caterpillar goes into a cocoon and comes out a butterfly. So when our old self goes into that cocoon and Jesus transforms us and starts to renew our mind, we come out like a butterfly. And we come out this new creation that is prettier and more beautiful than we were as a caterpillar. But some of us want to go back in the cocoon. Some of us don't want to take this growth. And you think about it, while they're in there changing from a caterpillar to a butterfly, there's pain that's involved in that. There's pain involved in change. And we're never going to gain to be more like Jesus if we don't go through that pain. We've got to be willing to have the pain in order to have the gain and to renew our minds. To, to renew our minds, put off our old self, put on our new self, and continue to go forward. And, and I think you know when you've renewed your mind, when you start to see the world the way Jesus sees it. Think about that. When you see the world the way Jesus sees it, when you look at someone and instead of judging them by the way they look, you see their heart. You start to love people the way Jesus loves. You start to care for things the way Jesus cares for them. You start to actually do things that Jesus would do. But man, it's hard. You mean I need to love my neighbor? I don't even like my neighbor. You mean I need to love my boss and show my boss grace and mercy? Man, I don't want to do that. What do you mean I got to love my in-laws? Y'all know my in-laws? <laughs> I, I, I need to do this and... Wait a minute, this, this person's homeless and needs some food. You mean I, I, I got to feed them because that's what Jesus would do? I got to take off my jacket and give it to someone who may be cold? That's what we're called to do. And I think when we start seeing the world and the people around us the same way Jesus does, then you know you're growing. You know you're growing, you're becoming more and more like him when you can see and hurt the way he hurts. If we can hurt for the world today, and trust me, this world is hurting and it needs love, it needs grace. We need to see that instead of just, oh well, too bad, so sad. I got mine. Because some people think that way. Well, I got Jesus, I'm good. Well, there's people in your family who don't got Jesus. And that should hurt. That should hurt you to the core that you have family and friends that you will not see in heaven. That are going to spend eternity in hell. And if that does not hurt you, you need to work on your growth. You need to work on being more like Jesus. Because it would be hurting him to the core. It says every knee will bow. Renew your mind. Start thinking like he does. Take off the old. Put on the new. And I want to encourage you. Commit yourselves to grow. Growing's difficult. 
There's nothing easy about it. But understand, the Christian life is about changing to reflect more of Jesus through that process of sanctification, becoming more like him. We need to allow our lives to be changed so that we can reflect him. That people see us being his hands and feet. That we actually are the salt and the light. And that we can affect change in people's lives. And that people will see a difference in us. And yeah, like I said, the old me, the old you, each one of us kind of like the old one. Some of us still holding on to the old us. Take on the new, renew your mind, and move forward. Growth begins with trusting in, in Jesus. That's where it starts. Trust in him with your life. Trust in him with your growth. Trust in him in everything you do each and every day. And most importantly, trust him to help you put off your old self. Trust him to help you put on your new self. And trust in him to renew your mind. Because we can't do it on our own. We will fail when we try and do it on, the own, on our own. You need to have brothers and sisters in Christ that you can count on, that you can go to and have those hard conversations with. I've said it before. There's three other guys that I meet with every Monday night, and we hold each other accountable. We hold each other accountable to the very point of, did you pray before every meal this week? Think about that. We will hold each other accountable to did we pray for each meal? Did we ask for a blessing? And it helps us to grow together to be more like Jesus. It helps us to put on that new self, to renew our minds, and to continue to move forward to be who he called you to be. Because remember, there is no pain. If there's no pain, there's no gain. It's going to hurt because we're all stuck in the past. We like our old self. Put off the old, put on the new, and renew your mind. Be who Jesus called you to be. Like I said, it all starts with trust. It starts with trusting in Jesus. And everyone in this room who has trusted in Jesus, now it's continuing to move forward. Continuing to seek him, not just checking a list. Not just saying, I went to church, I did this. Because, yeah, it's good things, but is it really going to help you grow? It's a lot more than that. It's taking that time, having that relationship, and don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Find some people around you that will help you to grow. Amen? Amen. And maybe you're here and you've never accepted Jesus. And you say, well, this is where it starts. But pastor, you don't know. And you don't know my lifestyle. Guess what? I don't need to know your lifestyle. He knows it. He accepted me right where I was. There are people in this room, I know their testimony. I know right where they were when they accepted Jesus. And they were far from being perfect. Because guess what? We will not be perfect till the day we meet him face to face. 
We will be working through sanctification to become more perfect and have a life more like what he wants us, but we're never going to be perfect until we meet him face to face. So he will accept you right where you are. So don't use that as an excuse. Don't use, I'll do it tomorrow because today is the day of salvation. And you think, well, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. I I, I can't do this. Well, that's okay. Welcome to our family. Because God's word says we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, including me. Man, I like my old self. At least parts of my old self. I'm glad some of my old self is gone. But I thank God that in his word it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And the day I said that prayer, the day I accepted him to be my Lord and Savior is when the pain of growth started in my life. The pain of that growth to be more and more like him and get rid of the old me. And it's still a process I'm working on today. So if you've never accepted Jesus, I encourage you during our final song, come up here, we'll talk about it, and you can make that change today. But remember, I said it's going to be unfamiliar. It's going to be unfamiliar to you and those around you. Because when you leave here, the people you used to hang out with are still going to be the same people. The only difference is going to be you. Be the change that God calls you to be. Be who he calls you to be. Get connected with other believers. Take off the old self, put on the new, renew your mind, and don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. Because when you say, I'll do it tomorrow, you might as well say, I'm not going to do it. Or as Kathy gave me a little round to it yesterday, a little, a little coin that says to it, and it's a round to it. Because sometimes we get round to it. But you ever notice it's never like now? Because it's so easy to put it off. If you're not doing what God called you to do, today, make it happen. Make today be the day you take off your old self, you put on your new self, and you move forward to be more like Jesus. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the pains in our life. Because, Lord, uh, that pain brings growth. And, Lord, as we're seeking to grow to be more like you, I ask that you bring the people into our lives that need to help us to grow. Because, Lord, too many times we try this on our own. And we try and change and we leave this vacuum there because we get rid of the old, but we replace it with nothing. And then we get sucked back into our old life. Or we get sucked past into the old things we used to do. Lord, help us to be more like you. Help us to seek you with our whole hearts. Help us to seek being obedient to what you call us to do. And it's not following rules. It's about being who you are and seeing what you see. 
So Lord, open our eyes that we may see the way you see and that we may affect change not only in our lives, but in others' lives. And Lord, we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.